All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Uh, we pray that you would use it tonight by your Holy Spirit to guide us into truth and into uh, holy living and into a greater understanding of your love for us. Uh, we pray that you would make us more like your son and help us to love uh, each other better through this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Thanks, JJ. Um, so, well, first of all, before I introduce what we're talking about tonight, uh, if you're new, my name is Ben Spivey. I'm the campus minister for RUF. RUF has a, uh, a campus ministry that's all across the nation and even in different countries around the world. Um, and I'm here because churches in this part of Virginia um, think it's worthwhile to put a pastor on college campuses and think students are worthwhile. They love y'all. And, um, want someone to walk with you and I'm happy to meet. I'm happy to get lunch or play basketball or hike or do whatever you guys want to do. Um, and I'm always happy to talk about the faith too. Um, that being said, uh, we're talking about dating tonight. So we're in the middle of a relationship series and we're talking about dating. Uh, happy Valentine's day, everybody. Um, yesterday was my son's birthday. He just turned seven. It's really weird when you're Kids turn seven. Um, so I want to go ahead and say it. Dating is not biblical. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, dating is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible. According to the Bible, the way we find a spouse is by having your parents arrange your marriage for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yes, thank you, Julia. Uh, or by waiting in the bushes at nighttime while a dance party is going on and, <laughs> and running out and grabbing a woman and throwing her over your shoulder and running home with her. Um, or, uh, well, there, there are various ways actually mentioned in the Bible that are uh, biblical ways of finding a spouse. You have to know, though, that uh, according to the Bible, if you don't include your first two wives or maybe your first two husbands in choosing your third, things are going to be pretty awkward around the dinner table. <laughs> okay, I think you get the point, right? Like, uh, just because the Bible records something does not mean that it is biblical. And just because it doesn't record something doesn't mean that that's not biblical. Uh, biblical is not just what the Bible records. Biblical, when we, when we use that word to describe something, uh, we need to understand or I hope that we have this understanding that what we should mean by that is biblical is what the Bible teaches, not only what it records. So when the Bible records cultural norms about uh, finding a spouse or how to find a spouse uh, in the ancient Near East of all places and times, we shouldn't automatically think without any sort of discernment or considering the broader picture of scripture that that is the only way to do it. Okay, uh, maybe some of you are thinking, well, what about courting, right? Like, isn't that the way then to do it? That's like, that seems like an appropriate application of what the scripture taught then to this time period. Um, or, uh, well, well, I'll, I'll stop there. The question always needs to be, where do we get that from the scriptures? Where do we get courting? I think sometimes maybe we think that that is the, you know, uh, a sort of appropriation to our modern culture and time. 
But again, I think we have to remember that let's question the foundation there. If we're trying to appropriate arranged marriage, maybe if, if that's what we're doing, again, that's something recorded, not taught as what's right. So if you're still asking that question, just keep listening. We're going we're gonna to keep talking about it. Uh, we're going to come back to that several times, I think. So the Bible does not say that dating or courting or prearranged marriage, actually, for that matter, is right or wrong. It does, however, tell us how to treat each other with love and respect while we seek our satisfaction in God. Uh, now, while it's kind of a non sequitur in, in some ways, uh, I'm going to define dating uh, as I think many of us think about it. And I'm going to do so as both a former participant and uh, as, an, as a current observer. And I want to qualify before I say this. Uh, this is not me trying to be the judgy guy who knows better than everybody uh, and who reads between the lines and has like really discerned exactly what's going on in your life. A lot of this is actually just things that y'all have said to me. Uh, and I'm also not picking fun of it either. Like I'm, I'm not making fun of anybody and saying this either. But uh, listen to this definition, and I think one or more things will stick out to you about what is kind of in the air about how we interpret what dating is. Uh, so dating is spending lots of time with someone for a few weeks or months to see if we like them enough to marry them. Uh, will become physically and or emotionally intertwined without a spoken commitment to each other. We will do this until we decide that the other does or does not meet our criteria. Then we will get married or continue doing what we are doing indefinitely or break up when something goes wrong or we lose feelings. If we break up, we will likely never speak to each other again in any meaningful way. I know that's a very long definition, so I'll go ahead and say it again for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in that definition, some of you latched on to different things, I'm sure. Um, maybe you think it's really bad to be physically intimate with someone. Uh, maybe if you're hurting, you hate the whole idea that you have to like present yourself to somebody in, in dating. You've got to like present this resume to someone and just hope that they like you, right? There's this uncertainty in it. Uh, maybe you actually really like the uncertainty and it's really exciting to you and you never know what's gonna happen and every like new touch is a thrill or every time you get asked out or do the asking out or whatever you do like that brings this like high with it. Maybe that's the case. But whatever it is, uh, I think the problem with dating uh, is this, that we unintentionally and unconsciously accept the definition that I just gave as the only thing that it is. As if that's all that it could be and so we go and we seek uh, to find some sort of alternative, not necessarily because we're looking for a biblical way to do things, but maybe more out of reaction to what has hurt us or what we're scared of or what we see as wrong out there, right? And those are not usually good ways to come to beneficial conclusions. Uh, if it's that definition that I just gave, or sorry, it, even if it is that definition that I, I just gave uh, or not, many people want to avoid it. Avoid dating, that is. Um, like I said, we try to find these different categories or we just, in our actions, we completely avoid it, right? We never ask anybody out. We never 
say yes to anybody asking us out. Um, we talk indefinitely. I'm still not like, I think I know what that is. Um, I'm not that much older than you, and it was like a, that was new. People didn't say that a lot like 12, 15 years ago. Um, sometimes we, we avoid it because so much is riding on it to simply go on a date with somebody uh, or to go out a few times with somebody as if uh, a, going on a date obligates you to committing yourself to committing yourself to marriage after a trial period. Right, I, I didn't stutter there, right? Like sometimes we fear that going on a date commits us to committing ourselves to marriage after a trial period, right? Like we think that like one date means we have to be exclusive with somebody and now we're like locked into this thing where we have to discern if we're gonna marry someone or not. And so that's, that's scary and there's a lot of pressure on something like that. Um, or at least maybe we're concerned about it because there's a lot of pressure on it due to the fact that we might wreck the relationship with the person we want to ask out, or we might break up a friend group or something like that. Um, so those are, I, I think that's one way to define marriage. I think that's how we, I said marriage, dating. They're very different. Um, I think that's one way to define dating. I think that's how we unconsciously just sort of like absorb a definition of dating. It's kind of what we see. It's kind of what we're afraid of. It's kind of what we can point our fingers at. Uh, lots of things go into that. Maybe, maybe it's what we want. Maybe it's the very thing you want. Um, and then I think those are some of the reasons that we avoid it then when we define it in that way. We have to be careful with our definitions. Right? Nowhere in scripture is dating just defined. Right, that's actually uh, part of the reason that we read the passage that we read. Here's where this, I hope, is going to begin to connect. Like, why on earth did we read that passage? It says nothing about romantic relationships. Well, because while there is plenty of talk about romantic relationships in Scripture, uh, it's always in the context of either sin <laughs> or marriage or engagement. Right? There's not like this boyfriend-girlfriend category. So when we go to the scriptures looking for wisdom about how to date, uh, we have to think a little bit beyond our current modern category for it. Um, okay, here's what I want to do with the rest of our time. We're going to talk about how to apply biblical principles to dating, which necessarily undermine the definition that I gave you. Right now, I'm also not going to attempt to give you another definition. Uh, one of the problems with saying things like dating is completely unbiblical or there's only prearranged marriage is the only way to do it, right? Is, is it because it gets narrower than the scriptures? So I'm not going to give you another definition because I don't want to be narrower than the scriptures are. That goes beyond, far beyond the bounds of what little authority I have. So what non-existent authority I have. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about biblical principles and applying those to dating. And it will necessarily, like I said, undermine the definition that I gave. Um, but I think, it, I think hopefully it will give us some clarity as to how to date as well. Uh, then we're going to talk about how uh, dating fits into the bigger picture of the gospel. 
and what that can mean for our relationships. Um, okay, so I want to talk about how to date like a Christian. I know that's weird, but I want us to be thinking less about like the definition of dating now. And uh, we're not going to necessarily think only about what we're looking for, but we're going to think about how we act as agents in this process and how scripture speaks about this to us. Uh, So like we said, the Bible doesn't give us a category for dating, uh, but we should not take that to mean that we can't date. And the Bible does not give us other categories, or sorry, the Bible does give us other categories uh, that are helpful as we consider how to date in a way that is glorifying to God. Sorry, I need to open up to the passage that we read real quick. Okay. Um, So some of these categories we can actually see in the passage or reflected in the passage that JJ read a few minutes ago. Uh, First, uh, this this book of Romans is written to a church and all these commands are given to a church. Uh, That is a body of believers, right? Who belong to Jesus and belong to each other. Their community. So even as we consider dating, uh, which we're not going to get into too much, but we'll we'll go ahead and say that a biblical principle would be to only date believers, right? Um, You're not going to find that command in Scripture, but that's consistent with what we believe about marriage uh, and the way that we tie ourselves to other people. Um, So it's written to a body of believers who belong to Jesus and to each other, their community. So there's a context that all of our relationships take place in. Whether you're in an institutional church with somebody, you know, being a particular congregation or denomination or whatever, or whether you're in the organic body of Christ, right? Um, Either way, we're part of the body of Christ. We belong to each other and to Jesus. Okay, so furthermore, On that same note, Paul tells these people to act like family. He says, love one another with brotherly affection. And that applies to everybody in the church, right? So it's not just like the men uh, and how they act toward each other and also how the men act toward women. It's everybody. So this actually covers uh, brotherly affection and sisterly affection. This is a command to the whole church body. Uh, This means that as we date... We ought to treat the people we are dating with love, respect, honor, and care for their spiritual well-being as if they were our brother or sister because they are our brother and sister in Christ. Uh, This this right here also is one reason among many uh, that coming to the Bible with questions of like, how far can I go with whoever I'm dating or in this particular relationship, right? That's... I would, I would push back on that and say, like, that's not even the right question. Um, maybe the better question would be, how can I care for the person across the table from me? How can I be the presence of Christ to this person I'm in this relationship with or that I'm on a date with or even just that I'm friends with? Uh, how, can I, how can I care for them and be the presence of Christ to them regardless of my attraction or lack of attraction to them. Okay, furthermore, I think we can draw several um, 
more practical uh, points from this text on how to date as Christians. Um, this passage is just, by the way, this is not going to be exhaustive. This is not like a complete theology of dating or something like that, right? Like we have time to focus on a couple of things. And I just want to hit some of the things that are more practical and give us a big picture. We can't cover all the practical things. We can't talk about the whole big picture, but stay with me here. So this passage is, is a, it's instructions to Christians. Uh, and I think it could be summarized like this. Uh, seek the good of others. And be honest. And serve the Lord. Uh, live in the body of Christ as if you really believe it's the body of Christ. So we're going to hit uh, just two of those and one, then we'll hit a different one later. Um, seek the good of others. Uh, how could this apply to dating? This is like Christian morality 101, right? Seek the good of others. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? This, is, this is pretty central to the Bible's commands on how to interact with other people. Uh, but maybe we think it's kind of weird when we apply it to dating. Because we tend to think of dating as finding what I want or need in another person. Um, the problem with thinking like that is probably what many of us have experienced. Uh, it creates a lot of bad relationships. Um, we step into sticking it out uh, because we think somebody else is our only hope. Uh, we have really high hopes for a relationship, right? And then they get dashed because things aren't always as they seem or because we're not who we thought we were or because everybody fails. Like we're all just kind of wading through it like we said in our first message this semester. Uh, we end up mistreating other people because we start maybe to get scared when there's a threat of them being taken away or when we don't think we can get what we need from them. And not always just because we're scared. Sometimes it's worse than that. Um, so how do we apply this to dating? Uh, seeking the good of others means we're going to have to stop putting each other through the application process. At least I think this is one, appli one application uh, of this text for us. And, and what I mean by that is not that we stop dating or that we don't use any discernment <laughs> in seeing if we uh, are a good match or can serve another person or if they have a good character or something like that. That's not, that's not what I mean. Uh, what I mean is maybe more of like a question in, and it's this, if, if we're constantly, well, I'll ask the question first. I was about to not ask a question. Uh, and it's this, why is dating merit-based? Like, do we treat our friends like that? Do we treat the people in our church like they need to present a resume to us and be like at a certain attraction level or meet s certain criteria that we have for them to be our friends or to be in our church? 
there's always some level of discernment. Again, don't get me wrong. Like I've, I've already mentioned like one sort of standard that we should date Christians if you're a Christian. But do we have to make dating a merit-based process? Uh, God doesn't treat us like that. God has loved us despite who we are in many ways. God has given his son for us and rescued us apart from any good that we've ever done and apart from the great lack of good that we have in our. Is there a way that we can apply this sort of seeking the good of others and honoring other people to dating? Uh, One other point from this text in particular is simply this, be honest. Um, You know, Paul says, let love be genuine among you. There's an integrity to the biblical idea of honesty. It's not just don't lie, because maybe you're thinking, well, I've never like lied explicitly to a person uh, that I was dating. And yeah, I can understand that. But again, there's more of an idea of integrity. I know, just a minute. There's more of an idea of integrity uh, and honesty with ourselves and being a whole person in the Bible's idea of honesty. Um, So we have to make sure that we are honest with our actions and honest with our words. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Are we saying yes to something with our bodies or with the way that we become emotionally intimate with somebody when we're actually planning to say no later on? Are we saying something that we don't intend? Again, I want to point out that this can happen with our emotions too. This can happen with our sort of inner life. We become really entwined with people. And that's not to say that that won't happen properly in a romantic relationship that is heading somewhere, uh, right? There is, there is maybe a place even for that to happen sort of organically. But maybe this is more of a question of, of boundaries and seeking the good of the other person. Maybe we can think of this as like leading them on or something, right? Um, but are we saying what we want to with our words and our actions? I think part of what we have to one way that we can we can think about this, right, is that uh, if we define dating, how I think many of how I think many of us define it, the definition I gave earlier is is a lot of what I've been told, how I think it's perceived by many of you. If we define dating in that way, um, it's not really all too different from little short-term marriages, but merit-based <laughs> short-term marriages. But dating is not marriage. And we have to make sure that we don't pretend that we're married. If your relationship is leading you to pretend that you're married, it's not an honest relationship. Maybe we need to stop suggesting that we want to get married if we actually don't. Again, with the way that we present ourselves, with our actions. Maybe even with our words. Um... Maybe we need to say 
in the most awkward way. I'm, this is a possibility. I'm not saying you have to do this in like every date you go on or something like, right? I'm not laying down a law. I'm not being narrower than scripture. Could this mean that you say very clearly what your expectations are and what your boundaries are with another person when you are on a date with them? Yeah, that probably is really awkward, but is it honest? So um, probably much more could be said about that. Um, The fact that like, you're always going to lie some when you date. Uh, even if you're doing it well, right? Again, I'm not saying don't date. I actually, you'll see at the end, I, I, I think we should date. Um, but you're, you're never going to get married and, and be like, oh, you're exactly who I thought you were. <laughs> and your spouse is never, if you get married, if the Lord wills this in your life that you get married, you're not going to get married and your spouse say, you're exactly who I thought you were. You're going to be lying a little bit, at least, as you, as you date. But let's think through how this scripture impacts the way that we should be honest with each other. How do we actually present ourselves? Are we just presenting resumes? Are we applying it to a relationship? Um, by the way, I'll say this really quickly. No matter how intentionally we date, we still do all of this. We still have to make sure that we are following the biblical principles our ideas of of dating intentionally. And and I'm not saying it's bad to be intentional. You know, I'm saying normally what we mean by that is like there's one direction to the way that I'm dating. Maybe it's not that narrow. Maybe being intentional means you need to be really intentional about um, seeking to treat somebody else the way scripture teaches us to treat them. Uh, Okay. Like I said earlier, and this is another characteristic or another uh, practical thing, to help us as we think about dating, you do need to discern another person's character when you are considering um, marrying somebody or continuing to date somebody or something like that. Uh, That is actually necessary, right? We don't want uh, dating to be merit-based because that's not how God treats us. That's not living a life that's in step with the gospel. And at the same time, uh, you need to get to know somebody before you commit your life to them, right? That's sort of a big deal. Uh, I'll I'll try to be brief here. Uh, Essentially, I think as we are trying to discern that, we don't necessarily need to be looking at how attractive are they or how smart are they or how much money are they going to make. And maybe we don't even necessarily need to put it in the terms of how holy they are because I think sometimes we conflate that with other ideas. But maybe we can even just look at this and see... Do they do the things in this passage? Do they love other people well? Because that's pretty significant. If we can look at somebody that we've uh, gone on several dates with and see that uh, they actually are in step with the ideas in this passage, that they love people well, that they're hospitable, uh, that they're honest and show affection to God's people, maybe that should count for something. Uh, often you'll hear this said as look for this type of person. But I want us to keep balancing that with this idea of living in a gospel-centered way, of not making everything merit-based, because I think too often that's where we go with the look for this type of person. Um, And we need to be careful that we don't begin to put uh, ideals on people 
or that we expect that you, you could take these ideas in, the, in this passage and push them too far and want someone who is just like more godly than Moses, right? And it's just not going to happen. You're always going to be holding people to a standard of perfection that no one meets. And yet, their character means something. Uh, sometimes we, we get this sort of pushback on that idea, though, in the other way, where we say, instead of looking for this one type of person, you should just focus on being this type of person. I want us to think about this, though, too. Even as we consider that every week, this happens. Um, Got to remember to raise those beforehand. Even as we consider what type of person we should be, and by the way, your character does count for something. And we should be looking to know the Lord and serve others. But let's also balance this, that let's, let's balance it with this. Let's not put another law on ourselves. As we consider how much God has loved us, Let's not put something else on ourselves to do. Let's not try to hold ourselves to a standard that we can't meet. There too, we find that we're going beyond scripture. And unfortunately, often what that devolves into, as does any time we try to live by the law, or many of the times that we try to live by the law, it it devolves into this sort of, well, I'm being that person. Why hasn't God given me somebody? as if God interacts with us on a transactional basis. The God who has not withheld anything good from us and given us his only son. We'll find ourselves really disappointed if we focus on our character expecting God to then pay us back for it. So, uh, I want that to bring us back into this bigger picture of the gospel and dating. And I'm simply going to say this. I um, wish maybe we had more time to kind of paint a picture of how grand I think this really is. Uh, but I, I just want to say, Jesus is not dating you. He's not seeing if you meet his criteria. He's not in this like for a little while and seeing like when it's time to split ways because one of you doesn't like the other as much anymore or something like that. Uh, Jesus loves you. Like he loves you just like in the most unimaginable, wildest, deepest, most committed way. He came to earth as a person out of eternity with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He came into history and took on human flesh to be with you. He's still in human flesh, to be with you forever. He came to serve you and to save you. Jesus has made the church his bride already. Uh, there's, there's no chance of losing his love. That's the type of commitment he has for us. Right? I want to put it like this. As we think about how we date then, we can come to it from this sort of perspective. Uh, I'm already married. Right? Jesus isn't my boyfriend, right? Um, no, Jesus is the husband of the church. I have this unshakable love. I have, I have this just like ridiculous 
love. He loves me so much that he gave himself for me. Despite my sin, despite who I am. And that's going to carry on for all of eternity. That's, that's the type of commitment he has to you. So how does that apply uh, to dating? Well, I think there are a couple things uh, we can draw from that, actually. And uh, they're this. You really, really are that. Like, I believe it for you. I believe that you are that loved. And what that means is that you can find ultimate satisfaction in God. And the relationships that you were created for in need, even to be a whole person, they, they don't have to be first place. They can fit into a larger picture. Uh, you can belong to a community, maybe even without having a romantic relationship. I think that's good news for people who maybe uh, are called to be single for one reason or another. Right? We've been loved by God, so we have no fear of losing his love. Uh, it actually means that we can take risks. You can go ask out that person because you don't have to fear being rejected. There's more to your life than what they think of you. God has loved you, justified you, adopted you, made you his own forever. You can say yes to somebody and just see how one, one date goes, right? Um, I actually think that uh, an application from this, is, as wild as it sounds, is just, you, you could, if you want, just date everybody. I'm not saying to carry on several long-term relationships all at the same time, of course. Uh, I'm saying that if we're going to treat each other with respect and dignity, how we find commands in this passage, within the context of a people who have already been bought with blood and are and have a place to belong and have a love that's never ending. Uh, if we do that, we, we really could just date anybody and see how it goes, right? We don't have to fear rejection. We don't have to hang all of our hopes on a first date. Uh, a lot of pressure gets taken off when we do that. When we start living in a way that is consistent with what we believe God thinks about us and feels about us, we can then apply that to other people in a way that takes the pressure off of a date. We don't have to wreck our friend groups. We just, you can just hang out with somebody. It's okay to do that. You can, you can say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in dating you. You want to go get coffee? And I actually think that that's a reasonable thing to do. God's perfect love can cast out our fear, even within the realm of our human relationships. It also doesn't mean necessarily that you have to date everybody. Again, part of this is that we have a security in Christ, which means that we don't have to find everything we need in other people. We're free to go different directions with this because of the love of God. Uh, okay, let's pray. And then we have a couple of questions for discussion. Uh, you guys can just do that at the tables you're at, um, maybe, yeah, just with the single tables. If you're at like one of these places where two or three are combined, just 
divide where there's like a, a crack. That's not a crack. You know what I mean. All right. Uh, let's pray and then we'll have discussion time.